Hello, Anime Trenders, and welcome back to the Anime Trending Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the dark horse of the season, Wonder Egg Priority. Uh, this original anime kind of came out of nowhere and began to dominate the anime trending charts as well as the anime community. I am your host, Quack, and I am here with... Oh, we're actually going to name ourselves. Hi, everybody. I'm James. Yes. I'm <laughs> speaking right now. Uh, you've heard me on previous podcasts. Joe, it's Medi. I think my turn's next, and nobody has interrupted me, so I did a good thing today. Hi, guys. This is Gracie, once again, hopping back and forth between Girl Taku and the main podcast. And I'm Nico, ready to talk about egg. Egg. Eggs. Egg. Egg. Lots of eggs. I love that Nico is the one that brought up. Uh, Remember at the beginning of the season when we recorded the podcast, he's like, oh, yeah, that one show, Egg. (laughs) Yes, egg. Oh, oh, we yeah. get to put him on blast finally, like a month later. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. a, a, a sort of shameful part of my history where uh, I thought <laughs> a show existed called Egg, and I thought it was a separate show from Wonder Egg Priority. Um, the actual show I was talking about was uh, Shugokara, which I guess invoked some, I guess cringy memories from people's middle school past so that's why it was a really weird mix-up i just think it's funny that you brought it up and then gracie immediately went oh wait no i know that show i liked one of the cat boys in it (laughs) i was a hormonal teenager stop stop blaming me for my bad choices in life (laughs) it's okay it's okay i'm everyone anime does some interesting things but before we dive into more Wonder Egg priority, we will have a quick chart check because today, at the time of recording, we are uh, we released the top ten most anticipated anime for the spring twenty twenty one anime season. James, please take it away. Yeah, it's a new season, and so people are really stoked. And so we do these anticipatory polls uh, a couple weeks before the season begins, once all the announcements have been made. So we've got our top ten most anticipated. People are really looking forward to these shows. At number one, we have My Hero Academia season five. At number two, we have Fruits Basket, the final season, though with how final seasons have been called in the past, I'm not sure I'm going to take that at face value. Uh, at spot three, we have Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. Uh, at spot four, we have Moriarty, the Patriot, part two. Uh, number five is To Your Eternity. Number six is Zombieland Saga, Revenge. Number seven is, is-, is Eden's Zero. Number eight is Shaman King, 2021. Uh, spot nine is The Slime Diaries. And at uh, 10th place is 86. 86. I don't know if the title for that last <laughs> one is just 86 once, but it's the number, and then it's the number like written out in words. That is correct, yes. So it's 86, um, 86, or is it just 86? It's 86, 86. Why? I have no idea. Because it's the show that we had last season was SK8 The Infinity. <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad I know not to call it 8-6 now. And I think my brain <laughs> jumped to that because of Initial D. Nice. Uh, so that's the thing with the Japanese version. It's They write out the number 86 numerically, and then the Japanese 80, Shika- Shikushu? Shikushu, I think it's 86 Shikushu. So... Uh, why it's called that, I don't know. It's based off a light novel, and that was a surprise for that top 10. But 
That is again your top 10 anticipated. We will talk more about the spring 21 and 2021 anime uh, in future podcast episode, probably the next one after this, because we'll, we'll have a see, first impressions podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, we will have the first one. We'll definitely talk about a lot of these shows, but we'll talk about tonight. Jodan. <laughs> oh, yes, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, there's I think there's one about um, making pottery, but I don't want to digress too much. Nope. But yeah, we're going to talk about Wonder Egg Priority. Um, This is a content warning slash spoiler warning, obviously. Uh, There are mature dark themes such as suicide, sexual assault, self-harm, abuse, bullying, and a couple more that are discussed and shown in this anime. We do want to let you know. Uh, We will be touching on some of these themes as well as, well, they're quite important to the story. And I think that's what caught the attention of a lot of fans. Uh, But also, at the time of recording, uh, the 12th episode of Wonder Egg Priority just aired and we learned that a special edition or the 13th episode that a lot of us wondered what happened uh, will broadcast on june 29th in japan uh this special edition was confirmed to be a continuation of the story so it's gonna be what's happened next after the last episode that all of us just watched and we've also got confirmation today that funimation will be streaming it outside of japan and i believe also anime lab and wakanim so we will be able to get to see that episode um, but before we dive into that show, we do here at Anime Training want to acknowledge the, the tough working conditions a lot of these anime staff experienced. Uh, some of you who've been on Twitter, you will notice that there were photos of staff literally passing out and some kind of depressing comments. I think uh, one producer we saw based on Google Translate apparently had to be taken to the hospital twice by ambulance. Um, we're not experts in this topic, but we do highly, highly recommend you read the Sakuga blog post by Kevin titled TV anime, A Deadly Landscape, even for the high-profile productions, SK-8, The Infinity, and Wonder Egg Priority. Um, The article does a really good job highlighting some of the problems behind the production and also um, why this random recap episode that we got in episode 8. And uh, now we know what happened to the 13th episode. Um, If you want to also learn more, do check out Kevin's uh, Twitter account. He has been actively tweeting a lot of things. Um, He follows a lot of animators, and he's just a really good resource to see some of the Tough stuff that had to happen for Wonder Egg Priority, and I'm not sure if it's appropriate to say a production debacle because we as fans can only see so much versus the internal aspects, but we do want to at least express our you know, thanks to these staff members who've poured their heart and just entire energy to show because it's something we wanted to talk about for a long time, like since a whole season. Uh, but yeah, without without further ado, yeah. oh, uh, we will. I will, uh, as the editor, as the interim editor, I will be putting links to the article that Quack mentioned yeah. in the description links for the podcast. Doobly do. Yes, links in the description. Uh, and we're t- we mentioned the production issues now, just kind of because it is an over. It is kind of a looming specter over what we talk about, and mm-hmm. there will be times when we're going to say something like, "Why did this happen?" And while we will never truly know. Sometimes it might just be chalked up to there was a production hiccup. And so whenever we come with a complaint or take issue with something, sometimes it may also be it was a it was relating to the production. Indeed. Um, but either way, without further ado, Wonder Egg Priority Time, or as we like to do, Wonder Egg Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, yeah. in it? I mean... I had a, for those who actually follow our Twitter account, I always post like, "Are you ready for Egg Tuesday or you know tomorrow for One Egg Party?" And it's always been a joy. Well, I don't know if it's a joy now because it was suffering the last two weeks, but um, leading up to it, 
it was a joy always seeing everyone get excited for Wonder Egg Priority and Slime, which also airs on the same day on Tuesday. But yeah, you know Wonder Priority. Interesting. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. But while we're talking about posting pictures of eggs, uh, no worries. The last or the episode twelve, uh, a week too early in my, I would say, purely because of the fact that this Sunday is. Uh, for those oh. uh, that are Protestant or Catholic, this Sunday is Easter, and if Easter is known for anything other than rabbits and Jesus Christ, it's eggs. That's true. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of eggs. Easter eggs. Don't worry, I was probably going to post a bunch of random eggs. Um, we'll on post our about eggs account. until that thirteenth episode airs. Oh, definitely. I-, I will post a lot of it. But for those who aren't familiar with One Egg Party, which I'm most surprised if you're still listening to this podcast, because we will talk into spoilers. A uh, quick recap of synopsis. This is the story of I, an introverted girl whose fate is forever changed when she acquires a mysterious wander egg from a deserted arcade. That night, her dreams blend into reality, and as other girls obtain their own wander egg, I discovers new friends and a magic within herself. And I think the interesting thing with this show, I want to start us. I don't think we really knew what we were getting into in terms of the trailer. Like, I didn't see a lot of magical girl stuff no from my understanding. No. Um, no right like all we had was key art which was the girl i with, with her um blue eye and her i would say yeah no the anime marketing team i actually think because being vague can backfire but i think with how yeah. abstract this anime has uh been from the beginning and even up until now the the vagueness in its marketing with its very very like sort of strange synopsis where you just don't know what this anime is about and it's like very uh, simplistic but beautiful key visuals and posters it's it, it's it's very it, it really when you start it you're just like I don't know what I'm getting into so <laughs> yeah I, I think being vague can be good because you never want to show your full hand right away. Um, being misleading definitely backfires if you set up expectations and betray those expectations. But that synopsis, for example, it barely scratches the surface of what you actually get into with the show. But none of it is wrong, you know. It's just teasing you and selling you on as little as it can, which is great because by the time you are watching, there's that much more for you to enjoy that wasn't just given away at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yep. One thought I had, though, I mean, this is going to be a common theme where we're just going to say, oh, production issues, but did they even have time to, like, prepare th- that material? <laughs> I don't know if that was, question. like, that's yeah. a really good question. We don't know. Like, I really want to get a deep dive over what happened. Yeah, I guess you, you can't have, like, PV footage if you haven't animated the you're first still, You're still yet, working like, on it, yeah. That, that, that's, if that's they did it, <laughs> even if it isn't on purpose i think it ultimately works in their favor because part Mm -hmm. of part of the uh first episode because i started seeing tweets and uh, keep in mind i'm my my twitter account is very bare and that i don't follow a lot of people and i don't really do anything with it and so even for someone like me who um, has a very bare twitter on the first day that it aired everyone uh i my my twitter dashboard had plenty of tweets being like what did i just watch like what is this like what is the story and stuff so so like i said even if it isn't on purpose it definitely worked in their favor (laughs) yeah and that's that's a real good point because i mean i think the viral marketing was the strongest i've ever seen for 
a show in recent memory because i think by the time the third or fourth episode came out that was when like you finally convinced me to like just start watching it and i was like oh wow this is a real thing and i just dove into like three or four episodes straight up do you regret listening to me nick that's the question (laughs) uh no because i actually gotten a lot of interesting thoughts uh i have like there's a lot of mixed feelings i have on the show overall that i i kind of want to dive into as as we go um i have no (laughs) idea how they could even salvage the story in some aspects but i there's just like i see one way forward that i would really like but i it's it's enjoyable at least is what i would say i can't wait to hear hear your theory for that one way that they'll be able to to save it i don't know i because we've discussed we've discussed a lot about wonder egg priority um I can't believe that it took until I watched the last episode for me to get added to the super secret extra Discord chat that apparently was going on <laughs> that I was not privy to. Uh, but it's to keep um, the spoilers safe. So yes, to keep spoilers safe. Don't uh, want to spoil the eggs. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's um, going to be a long night. Jeez, <laughs> oh yeah. That's why I brought coffee. None of you can Very see it, good. but I'm holding a mug. And the other thing is that that secret egg chat didn't exist until a very specific episode oh, yeah. which i think we'll, we'll have to get out territory. like <laughs> well we're, we're, this, is, this is like no spoiler safe we're up to episode 12 it's all out um yeah, yeah. but i definitely want to be like this is how it started here's how it's going <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> where do yeah. we go from here because this is where the show has been <laughs> yeah i think this overall i think a few things could have been trimmed for for expediency's sake uh Maybe the story was a bit larger in scope than probably should have been handled. And again, maybe these would have been fleshed out, but production issues, we'll never know. Um, Until June. We might know in June. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Uh, As Gracie once mentioned in one of our chats, I hope that the staff get, like, a break after all this is done. Like, take a couple days off. Knowing how the anime world is, though, it's highly unlikely that'll happen. But, Mm -hmm. you know... Have a weekend. Go to the hot spring. I really hope they do take care of themselves because, God, it was... You could tell. It's interesting. The pictures of the the staff, like, passed out in their chairs was was kind of shocking because you don't normally see that kind of stuff. I mean, we do. It's just it wasn't, like... Because the show was so uh, well publicized thanks to the viral marketing or just the essence of anti-Twitter, I think... That's what allowed us to also see and find these pictures of people going, oh my god, I'm just uh, passed out. So th- these, th- this is a very common thing um, that does I, I, the I just don't think we've ever seen it so viscerally before. Yeah, yeah okay, that's a good hear, term. Thank you'll you. You'll hear yeah. people being like, you'll hear people like, oh yeah, and they were sleeping at their desk, and but you'll only hear descriptions. This one was like, description, also, here's a picture of a man sleeping under his desk. And it's like, oh geez. Also, people overall are just a lot more visual, and so even having really bad conditions described to you doesn't have the same effect as just seeing a single snapshot to sort of capture Yeah, also it. the language yeah. barrier probably is involved. I skim mm-hmm. so many like tweets that are in Japanese because I can't read mm. and then but the ones that have a picture attached or anything are the ones that oh, give yeah. me take a second look. Yeah. Um anyway, 
Enough about production, I guess. <laughs> so basically, um, the secret group that we so and this is like how we from now on sort of uh, gauge our milestone of where <laughs> Wonder Egg is and like what what our thoughts are about it was funnily enough, um, there was a particular episode regarding uh, test tubes or uh, where we find. I don't know why you keep calling her a test tube baby she didn't come out of a test tube it was said in the episode it's artificial insemination it's different than a test tube okay, baby but she artificial was insemination is by commonplace. a corporation for sciencey reasons like for her iq and stuff like that is that not like a so? science experience experiment child like <laughs> i mean but yeah but the discussion about tube. it's the discussion about designer babies has been like a thing for the past couple of years so seeing it show up is not at all a surprise to me really it's oh look they actually did it cool there it was the we've had the technology to do it for a couple of years it's just that it's the ethics of doing it is what has stopped people and let's be perfectly honest ethics is not necessarily something you'll find in anime characters right but it's still it's still different because yes we do hear about designer babies and yes it is more prevalent in the asian countries because Unfortunately, I uh, at least I can speak for my own country, which is China. They're a lot bigger on superficial sort of qualities, and so, uh, so yes, they do make they they if they have the choice to essentially customize their baby the way they wanted to, they absolutely will, sort of thing. But I'm just remembering I'm just remembering an article uh, that I had seen. I think on like a last week tonight clip, which was about like these Chinese Chinese scientists that had made like ultra muscular beagles <laughs> they were the goofiest looking things i've ever seen yeah no it's, uh. it's but anyway my, my point what i'm trying to say though is despite all that it made nehru stick out like a sore thumb and that was sort of like the first time where i was sort of questioning the story because up until that point i had nothing but just intense praise and love for the episode and and then i got to the part where it's like oh but nader is a designer baby specifically bred for her iq and apparently there's a there's a bunch of kids who are all designer babies all handled by this company and you know she's the ceo of this corporation at only like 12 years old and stuff like that and it just and it was just so ridiculous that i had to like call the the secret group (laughs) as we formed the secret alliance and (laughs) it's all been a very long-winded way of saying that Episode nine is where things got funky. Yes, where we we made a chat to vent about the show. Yes, it more like more. What was, how long did we talk, Nick? An hour and a half. Hours. <laughs> it honestly, we it never stopped <laughs> to this day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've been talking every day. Like, so so for here, we're, here's where I stood on it. Where you had the four main girls in the cast. And a lot of their trauma that they deal with throughout the series is very relatable in a lot of senses. And it's very horrifying um, on the surface level where you have um, I dealing with uh, Koito's friends, her friend's suicide. Um, you have Rika who's dealing with essentially a fan's own, suicide. Uh, the fan's suicide and also caused. her own feelings of self-harm as well as her neglect mm-hmm. from her dad abandoning her. You have Momoe... Um, coming to the mom que- too. questions with the mom gender um and then you have Nehru who like i think her initial premise was interesting because she doesn't necessarily mourn her her sister's 
death because her sister like viciously attacked her um and basically scarred her on the back and stabbed so her and point, then jumped off a bridge yeah and you had yeah i mean i mean there's all all the horrifying content with that but i mean i was just saying like each of their individual pains and traumas i felt were deeply relatable um in a lot of ways and i think reintroducing the whole story of nehru was artificially created as well as her sister was also artificially created which is why she went nuts it just it just delved into this sci-fi element that made either no sense and also like just went in a completely different direction that made her like actually unapproachable as a character for me and i can't tell if that was intentional or not because her character like inherently was very cold and distant and then the show made her right. more distant as it yeah. went on and it was it was really tr- uh i wouldn't say tragic but it was really disappointing in particular because i think nehru's personality uh, works well with the dynamics of the group especially with all the sort of exploration they the way that they're exploring the character's trauma is actually also a callback to a lot of sort of societal commentary and one of the things is nehru being a girl is very very blunt and is not very good at you know approaching people in an emotional way supporting them in an emotional way and she is quoted as to saying like maybe I don't fit with quote-unquote girl society because I am like that, and it seems like most girls are good at that. And if that is not, like, a blatant way to call out the fact that, you know, there are all types of personalities regardless of your gender, you know, that that is acceptable. And on top of that fact, um, that would also make her very relatable to... In fact, one of our, uh, in fact, uh, one of our uh, members of the anime trending team, who she herself has said on record in our Girl Taco episode of feeling like she didn't really quite blend in with like other girls because she wasn't as good at at emotionally supporting people and, and understanding sort of the more emotional angle. And so, and so to have something so poignant and very clearly relatable to uh, people out there, whether it's feeling like their personality doesn't fit with their gender or, you know, or more specifically with what Nehru herself is experiencing, to sort of change it all around as to, oh, but she was designed that way it just it just completely sort of evaporates the mm-hmm. um the effect is how i feel it but but like i think you're i think you might be i, I don't know i think how do i put this the, the, i'm not you know what i think you're overreacting <laughs> I, I i was trying to i was trying to come up with a more nuanced way of saying it but i think you're blowing this up to be more than it needs to be I'm, I'm actually I gonna think... side with James on this one. Why do you think but, so, though? Go on, go, go off, King. You gotta, you gotta back <laughs> I think that up, sir. The fact that, and I don't deny that the whole making it a science fiction parallel world thing that happens in the, I, I, that's definitely kind of off the rails. But the whole like a designer baby or like art, and that's it. It doesn't even mention that like it, you know. Well, yes, it is like, okay, they picked two candidates that had high intelligence, and it would be assumed that the child would also have high intelligence, and that's why it happened. Like, yeah, fine. That's a little weird, um, and has perhaps ethical issues, but at the same time, again, it's one of those, like, you have two consenting people that are willing to donate their genes to create a thing. If they if they agreed to it, and, it, you know, if your primary goal is intelligence... 
I'm not, I think you're reading too much into like, oh, she was designed to be cold and calculated. No, she was designed for high intelligence. That's literally it. There are a couple things that might be outside of that, but it's not like every, it's not like she was, she's following a perfect master plan. It's I, it, the, the, the scientists were like, we want a baby that's smart. And they picked two smart people and went, you're smart. You'll probably have a smart kid. And they went, yeah, okay, let's do this. And through, and then through some very available science, made a child oh. and so i think you're 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 reading into that more than it needs to be and i also I, kind of discounting the fact that she is still a 14 year old girl like even if she was raised in an environment that is different than the other three or maybe born for different purposes than the other three that doesn't change the fact that she is a 14 year old girl she undergoes the same you know in puberty has a lot you know can have a lot of the same issues and so writing all of that off as she's a designer baby so it doesn't make her you know as relatable makes it feel like you're writing her off as not a person i i don't think that's necessarily the case i think the main issue with the plot is like i don't i don't think the plot has enough time to actually go into this direction that they do with the introduction of this sci-fi right. element because like previously I, uh, we okay had, we, we had you say so sorry can i stop you real quick because i i don't want i i I told myself I'd be quiet for most of this episode, and yet here I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you say sci-fi element, do you mean the fact that she was, like, no, basically designed? Or are we talking okay, about can, the parallel worlds thing? Can, can, can I because one is, right science, here. One, is, one is science fiction, and the other is established fact. Okay, let's, uh, let, me, let me try to unpack I, this for a second. I'm, I'm, ta I'm taking the floor. I'm taking the floor. Poor okay. Betty. Uh, <laughs> so... so, so Betty, you have the floor as as the chairman of the Senate. <laughs> I'm laughing. I laughed really hard so, so, because of Betty's facial expressions. I <laughs> continue. Yeah, that's we we have our cameras on for this, and it's um helping question mark. <laughs> um, I so so James was talking about Nadu's backstory and her personality and stuff, and Nick immediately responded with this issue with the story, and I think that kind of comes to what I was fearing and sensing early on in this whole conversation we just had is like episode nine dropped a lot in the show that at large, we were not fans of, but I think we're conflating some of these issues together as in what was bad for the story versus what was bad for Nadu. And then also kind of mixing up what, was established with Nadu and what was introduced that was new or changed or what was dropped. Um, mm -hmm. That whole mess is kind of there. Um, and like, we all made, you know, interesting points here. <laughs> but I, I, I do think we should probably back up like eight yeah. episodes or so episodes. and talk about the show at large because we just dove right in to yo Nehru episode nine sucks all my homies hate it's, episode it's the, nine the, the problem is like this is like kind of the turning point because I, up until agree, this yeah. this stage you had essentially like the closest comparison i could do is like each of these egg worlds were pretty much like how persona would work it's just a part of the mind that <laughs> is reflective of some sort of element of society that is really messed up and has some really bad deep connotations and like or, or not connotations but like you get what i'm saying it, it's 
It's it's the it's a it's a visualization of the abstract dark sides of society. Yes. Yeah, and I'm like I went into this like the thesis of the show from my perspective was it makes it very clear that suicide is essentially society's failure in one way or another in some of these facets and they show mm-hmm. it in like pretty much every way that you could imagine in each of these individual episodes um yeah you've so, got like molestation you've got abusive uh, abusive coaches societal pressure some um, um so, so, some critics have aptly described the show as trauma bingo like let's just check off uh, everything one thing that, that's what i said it's one <laughs> thing i really appreciate that i didn't think like i it really surprised me to see them tackle it was uh, the idol, the idol uh, obsession that is a really, mm-hmm. I mean, idol obsession is a problem everywhere, but it is particularly unique in how extreme it can be in Asian countries and or more specifically associated with Japan as, as. Yeah, it, put, it puts the die in Die Hard Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and like as yeah. crazy as it sounds to to like hear someone literally commit suicide because, say, their idol quit their job or their the group had broken up and stuff, that actually has happened in Asian countries mm-hmm. before. Oh yeah, no. Did you see the mm-hmm. article that got shared in amongst us uh, a couple like last week or something? Where this like one video game company like gave all their workers like a, pay- a paid day off because one of their favorite idols retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like, all right, everybody, take a day off. She's retiring. You're all gonna be too sad to yeah, work. Yeah, and so oh. that came with its own implications. By the way, that I will not go into because I follow a lot of Japanese cultural sort of uh, uh, websites. But essentially, um, but yes, essentially the fact that this. The idol worship one was not one I was expecting because, um, and I'm not, I don't feel comfortable saying this, but when you think of power authority, when you think of uh, bullying, in a way you're kind of like, oh yeah, those are problems that everyone knows about that essentially contributes to suicide. But when they brought up idol worship, which is very, very particular and unique to uh, a specific part of the world a lot more. That's when I was like, oh, wow, they're not just digging into like he's not just digging into sort of society as a whole, but he's starting to dig into some more specific things that are Japanese society. But I I will say I'm going to stop you real quick. Hold on real quick. By he I, uh, Gracie's referring to the director, yes. I believe. Shin sorry, Wakabayashi. sorry, yes, yes, that is we, correct. We, <laughs> I was a little surprised we jumped really far out, but I was curious to see where this go. <laughs> 30 minutes and we finally get to the the bread and butter. <laughs> Shin Wakabayashi is the director of Wander Egg, and he's known for writing drama stuff and a ton of controversial topics, which I also allow yeah. Gracie to talk about later, but that is who we're referring to. Um, and again, I would agree too as well. The, the fact that it was Rika, right? That the one that she was saving Whoa. was the individual that kept going to see her. The one that starved herself. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but there was yeah. also an episode. There was an episode where it was two girls that committed suicide because they're that's well, yeah, okay, yeah, very that different well, yeah. perspectives mm-hmm. on it because yeah, Rika did not have and one. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of the point that we we're making is that no idol has the intention of making their fans harm themselves through quitting or this and that but often that unhealthy relationship someone can have a social object of their affection their literal idol um parasocial good you're right good word yeah can lead to that i think that 
that um, was the anyway. episode that stood out to me the most on another reason is because they kind of changed up how they fight the monsters. Because in there, there's it, it seemed like it was a monster of the week situation, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. uh, their trauma materializes as this uh, kaiju looking thing. And then um, the, the the four main characters, they um, the four main characters, they uh, attack it and defeat it and essentially in a way help the girls move on. And so or the girls who commit suicide move on. But uniquely for uniquely for the idol one, the two girls who committed suicide actually participated in the fight against the kaiju, which yeah. in a way mm-hmm. to me, while in the in the previous two, it was really um, I mostly doing the fighting, and then the the victims, the suicide victims, are the ones who sort of like lend a hand, but not really so much in the battlefield itself, and so. The fact that they had the two girls like very actively participate in fighting the monster, wh- whether it's shielding eye with their bodies or, you know, leading the way and stuff like that. In, in a way, it's like, you know, it was like what you guys were saying in that, you know, the, it's not the idol's fault that they committed suicide. In a way, it's their own unhealthy obsession that ultimately led to um, led to a very unfortunate situation. And they had to contribute to defeating the monster because in a way they are mm-hmm. they contributed to their own death a little differently than the other examples have had to have had so yeah yeah i, I want to mention as like a different point too like i like the point you made about the usual formula for them fighting the trauma monsters but one of the ones i found most unique and interesting was actually one of Nadu's dreams in which the girl she was protecting the hair yeah, one. Oh, the, hair one. the monster she had to fight turned out to be the girl herself mm-hmm. because she was vain and obsessed with her her beauty, her image, her youth, and I, you know, yeah. took her life. I love that episode so much. So, 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 so much. That okay. is one of my favorite ones because while this is definitely something that uh, a lot of Wonder Egg Priorities themes at the beginning before we get to science fiction land is kind of like social pressures on girls especially teenage girls, that can push them towards suicide and whatnot. That particular topic, the, like, wanting to remain beautiful forever, Mm -hmm. is something that has a long, 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 long history in Japanese media and Mm. Japanese culture. Yeah. Um, And... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and so this is the kind of thing, uh, if you... And this is me flaunting the, like, three courses I took in... (laughs) (laughs) if you look back to like poetry from 500 years ago you'll see like samurai writing long poems about how distraught they are that like the object of like this prepubescent often male object of their affection is the cutting their forelocks changing their hair they're becoming a man instead of just being a boy and that they're weeping over this change um and and snack and also anecdotally there were some people that killed themselves over it um and that even contributes to uh things like if any of you read the works of mishima yukio uh who's this controversial and very well-known japanese author in the in the early night in the early to mid 1900s um who committed ritual suicide after staging a coup at a Japanese military base. Oh, I remember this author, Um, yeah. He was also obsessed with losing his 
like body and in this case his masculinity as opposed to on the flip side in the case of wondering priority losing that like youthful beauty that yeah. is mm. so prized oh. in in modern day culture and so as much as i think that's a really cool thing to exp- explore um in wondering priority it is also if you do a little digging and do a little reading i think that is one of the few episodes that can apply to people in general mm-hmm. i i do completely uh, agree with that yeah in this day and age, isn't there, for like young adult women especially in Japan, isn't there like a specific expression or like derogatory phrase about adult women whose like biological clocks are expiring? Yes, so to there speak? is. Like, I think, I mean, um, I I wish my roommate would come here to enlighten me. She's <laughs> she's Japanese American. In case everyone's confused, why I keep referencing her, but um, for a lot of these Japanese cultural stuff, but she she actually had a conversation with me about it. But it's like, oh, the best translation. It, it like struck me. The best translation for it is leftover women. Like they're just leftover, leftover women. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And wow. also, um, uh, Christmas cake. That's another that, one. That, that, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. that one yeah. I've heard of. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, interesting. Which is like, Again. oh, Christmas cake. That sounds cute, and then you realize the meaning behind <laughs> it. You're like, that's messed yeah, up. Yeah, no, I think. Yeah, that that was me. I think this I was... is why, um, and this is why, despite all of my gripes and this, uh, the secret alliance that I ex- that I really started because I wanted to rant. Um, despite all of my gripes with the sort of sci-fi shift that came in later. I still do very much love Wonder Egg Priority. I think what they were trying to do is very, very powerful and very necessary and very brave. And um, bringing back to the creator of Wonder Egg Priority. So um, his name is uh, Nojima Shinji, and he is a drama writer, but he is very, very well known for tackling these very hard issues, uh, societal issues in Japan for his dramas. And so... Did the director get involved as much Shun Wakabayashi, or is the writer Nojima? So Shinji? the writer and the creator are actually different. In the same way that, in the ah, same way that uh, Akadama okay. Drive, the creator and the writer are different as well. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Okay. So well. the creator, the guy who conceptualized the idea, who does still have a lot of say in this project, according to the Sakuga people I follow, um, when one of the biggest dramas that sort of like hit him professionally was he made a drama exploring sort of the corrupt system of the foster care system in Japan and people in Japan were so unwilling to let his drama air that was exploring it that they convinced all the ads to pull out of his drama and with absolutely no revenue like supporting his project he essentially had to give up on it and the reason why he shifted to anime is because the excuse they gave to him is that people today do not like watching sensitive topics in live action dramas. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but then he realized that essentially um, anime seems to be a little more open towards, you know, telling these <laughs> sort of stories. And so that's why he shifted over to anime. So it's definitely in line with his work work to explore these sort of things in the first place and i and any anybody who dares to like sort of break out of the mold i always applaud him but the way that he also spun it narratively where each of the eggs as they're helping these girls essentially pass on interconnect with their own traumas and like 
sort of how society is feeding into their own issues and stuff. I think it's just so brilliantly well written. And so, yes, <laughs> um, at the end of the day, I still love this. And I, and I will gripe about the sci-fi thing, but I think when I look at it big picture, I'll probably still like what I saw, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're just going to be holding our breath for the next three months. Yeah! <laughs> because previously at this point... It's going like, to suck, yeah. Like, the show didn't need an explanation, but I think once they introduced the sci-fi elements, it demanded the explanation of, like, oh, how does everything work? And at, up until that point, I think narratively the show worked as that metaphor for um, the suicides are caused by society's failures in, in each of these different facets. Um and I think that's kind of why, like, I think we feel so strongly about that Nehru episode. Um, because once they opened it up, well, and once they did that, and I think once they introduced um, the explanation for Frill, it, it kind of is like, I don't know how they can cleanly end this, even with, like, the last 13th episode. Um, it's... Wanna go into that? Wanna go into, let's go, wanna go into the Frill episode? Yeah, I mean... I, I, I yeah, think... we talked about we talked about all the things we liked about the pre pre episode nine stuff. <laughs> not not everything. So. Like... Before we do that, animation. I, I know people have already talked a lot about the animation, but God, it's oh, oh it's, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. beautiful. I just need to make sure we say it. <laughs> we dove right like, into the can't story describe it. and like the story's flaws at that, but like the animation is really really good, and the direction it's in so general beautiful. is quite good, even where the writing kind of dips. yeah no the visual storytelling yeah, is just all there without question like <laughs> i think that's why it became super popular because here's the thing you can have a show that hammers home like really heavy themes uh and addresses things like that but let's be perfectly honest you kind of you 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 need to have something that's visually appealing enough to bring people in mm -hmm. and keep them there because if you make them mm -hmm. This if you make them miserable and the show's also not pretty, they're gonna stop watching. <laughs> um, it's one way to it's one way to put it. Yeah, I, I'm it, I'm sorry. Was... I'm just thinking about Attack on Titan, and Nick's just like every week. I'm sadder, and I'm like, why do you keep watching? <laughs> because it's so oh, good. Oh, guess just what? Say. With Attack on Titan, people are complaining about the art literally every single week. So... Yeah, we yeah, we yeah. covered that last week, so. Watch mm. watch our la, watch our previous episode to hear Gracie talk about how much she's mad at people complaining about our work. <laughs> Definitely, the, uh... without without a doubt, with Wonder Egg, um, the legacy of the 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 series obviously will live with its themes, but I think animation will also help carry it, especially when you often see a lot of um, anime that gets honestly forgotten about, even in the last couple of years. Even though they have great stories, you'll forget about it. But animation or like certain moments that you pick up, those live on for quite a bit just because of its sakuga and just yeah. the yeah. hype Beautiful. scenes. Hype scenes will remain in hype scenes. Thank you. Really sad than, though exactly. is uh, based on Kevin's newest Twitter thread regarding the production debacle that happened with Wonder Egg Priority is that he says it and he admits it's a bit nihilistic, but he says that there might be a chance to sort of old-fashioned but very very detailed animating might not have a place in the animation industry anymore because of how frid of how rigid the um the air dates and the how tight air yeah. times are yeah it mm, might just it yeah. might just be something that becomes relegated to just movies that have much more flexible yeah, um, yeah. yeah i mean i, th I think this is touched touched upon in the article that 
we've linked in the description, but we're just in this, uh, this, this production landscape that's just so rapid fire and so oversaturated that everything is about quantity mm -hmm. and speed before quality, like, to tell you the truth. It's hard to, oh, definitely. to you know, uh, th there's probably a better expression, but it's like, you know, standing out in the crowd, it's just pretty impossible. Yes. Well, well definitely let's not get sad about the about future of animation. We can get sad about yeah. the themes. <laughs> There's definitely a lot to touch on that. And we do have, fortunately, we do have some resources that we can tap on to, to look into that. But yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be sad to see that those awesome animations probably get, be less and less frequent, but along oh, with and the animation. The music in the show is really good too. I, yes. I was about, Thank I was about you. to bring up some, some more happy things <laughs> and the voice acting is very good across the board. And the the opening and ending themes are great. James mentioned the music. I don't know if you were referring to the soundtrack. I'm referring to itself, like which the soundtrack. Also, the opening, yeah, the, the opening and ending good. themes. The opening and ending themes are are very nice to listen to. I prefer the ending over the opening. Uh, the opening oh, is still I very nice. I prefer the opening. Really? I, here's I the thing. Oh. It's 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 a tight it's a tight race. <laughs> it's it's a tight race. It's it's tight between the two of them. I think the only reason why I like the ending more is because it's got it's a little more earwormy. Um, That's true. The chorus to Life is Cider sticks in your head a little more than these sweeping strings and, like, yeah. vocals that come mm -hmm. in the opening. But, yeah, the regular soundtrack that plays during the bulk of the episode has this yeah. nice little pop, you know, poppy, bubbly kind of uh, attitude to it, which I enjoy. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's it's a show where I am conscious of the music, which mm -hmm. doesn't always happen Same. when I'm watching a show for the first time. Uh, I am ashamed and surprised to say that i i wasn't extremely conscious of the music i mean i definitely noticed it and it affected me but my, my baseline is i set the bar pretty high for myself as far as like noticing and appreciating the music and i thought it was good in wonder egg but i didn't like wasn't you know the groundbreaking the thing for you. i like mm -hmm. thought of the whole time thought about the whole time interesting yeah. for me that's the opposite i the music changes quite often, especially when it comes to um, low-key. I, I, I might hijack James' edit of this podcast and play one of that music splices Ooh, yes, that, that they do. Um, but I don't know if we get in trouble for oh, copyright yeah. reasons, but we're about that later. <laughs> or if I'm good but, enough uh, to do that. <laughs> but um, but it, go back. I do recommend, and I will be going back to Wonder Egg. Go back to some of the scenes where it's like them being like, girls and girls talk and it's like very poppy and then you'll pick up on some of the battle scenes and they feel like kingdom hearts level of battle theme of like epicness and yeah, seriousness i, I, I do, I do mm -hmm. agree that the variety and like tonal range was pretty great i think it's just one of those instances where it's like maybe maybe i thought it was a good soundtrack or good sound design i just didn't fall in love mm -hmm. with any of the specific tracks which is kind of Fair like that's like the basic monkey brain in me because <laughs> you, you look at so many memorable soundtracks and people aren't like mm, yes it was really nuanced or switch of this track to this one people are just like i really like this one track what's the name of this one track in this battle scene in this anime if you know what i'm saying fair enough something to be said about I know what you mean. Well, mm -hmm. it's but yeah I remember music through moments that's that's good that's a good way to word it but i get what you mean yeah there isn't one like theme song uh track that i would go back to like we've seen with other animes but yeah yeah voice acting was good and nonetheless once we've talked on some of the things we want to make sure we get out there we're gonna dive into frill uh episode 11 
Wow. <laughs> so, honestly, I'm not sure where to start with it, but this this was also coincide with a lot of people on Twitter being like, "What just happened?" Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of exposition. I mean, the, I think you can argue <laughs> like, the entire episode was practically exposition. <laughs> like it was basically yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it on was, episode twelve with the fight scene. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah episode yeah. eleven was just exposition. And part of me's like, did they do? Well, uh, part of me was like, did they do that to save time and animation? But the flashbacks were still pretty, pretty busy. So they were. The so I'm not honestly. I watched just the most recent out of everyone. It's been a busy schedule for me, so I'm not really sure what to say. What are some people's initial thoughts after you finish? The whole within the community has definitely been the most device, not divisive. Uh, Yeah, divisive. I am using the right word. It would be divisive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On one hand, um, you know, people who who actually turned on the anime and basically was like, what they're trying to tell is so insulting. Because um, Frill in there is an AI created by uh, the two scientists, uh, Aka and Uruaka, when they were lonely, essentially. And so, and, and it seemed like, keyword seemed, it seemed like uh, Frill was responsible for, um, an, for uh, Himari, Himari's suicide. Yeah, who Himari. Is, uh, who is essentially mm-hmm. the daughter of uh, Aka and his wife. And so... Not essentially, yeah, is, is the daughter. Sorry, <laughs> is the daughter of Akka and his wife, and so it looked like Frill was responsible for, uh, or at least Uru Akka believes that Frill is responsible for Himari's death, and so there were people online who there were people online who were disappointed slash angry at the anime, being like, "How dare you! After all that setup you made of how these societal reasons are the reasons why girls are committing suicide." Now you just put all the blame on, mm. on like an AI. Like that is so insulting on a robot. and stuff like that. So that's on one end. There's another group of people who uh, who sort of like took it more on the sci- science fiction level and, and started sort of exploring like, oh, because Frill is an AI, she could probably use electromagnetic waves. So I bet like she's using those electromagnetic waves to hijack into girl, girls' brains and like make them feel like make them uh, like exacerbate their mental health issues and push them towards suicide. Oh my god, it's 5G. Yeah. 5 oh no, 5G. Oh god, Literal serial experiment frill from like all of her like 5G setup in her basement. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be labeled for conspiracy theories now. Yeah. Let's go. It's basically there's two camps which is how dare you blame society on a robot and the other one going, oh, the robot is 5G serial Yeah, and then, well, there's another camp, um, third camp, which is, I, at least, I don't know where you... The correct one. <laughs> yeah, those both of those opinions are wrong, <laughs> so by the, the way. So the third camp, which I feel like we're all in, is we get what, what we think this story is trying to say is that Frill is actually not really responsible for the suicides, but it is more of a representation of Aka Uru Aka's attitude towards um, towards girls and women as a whole and how that attitude dangerously contributes to a lot of things that uh, a lot of things that does eventually lead to girls committing suicide and Maddie can you just repeat what you've written because I feel like what you wrote a long time ago was really was really really good and sort of like oh, dang you kind of made me find <laughs> okay 
Let, let me open our uh, chat, which you should all know is titled Gracie oh, is God, Fro. Why would you reveal that? Oh, that's right. Gracie, that is a <laughs> Gracie is a sociopath. <laughs> the real plot reveal that? is. This podcast is just frill. Because we can't uh, brainwash. We, we can't to, say to what the other name was. <laughs> anyway, while while he's busy looking for that, I'm gonna hop in on my thing of just uh, this is very far related or far removed from uh, from the main things we're talking about. But for me, uh, this I have I have never been necessarily a huge proponent of AI, precisely for the reasons of like we're gonna build something that's gonna kill us and enslave us all uh, because AI. Uh, are built by people and those people will automatically insert their own like prejudices and ethical things which means that we'll end up creating an amoral robot that kills all of us uh which is exactly kind of what happened in one this is my 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 lesson from episode yeah. 11 was never build an ai you idiots <laughs> honestly they did it twice too that was the thing from that episode yeah. i think as a parent is like initially frill mm -hmm. is kind of created as supposed to be their idealized girl which is kind of like why you see some of the references of like of just her fashion, how she acts, and so even like up to the point where she murders uh, the wife, who I forget her name, it's uh, she's kind of just like following like the same protocol of wait, I have to be the perfect girl, so therefore I am the only one who should love you because that's what it's you this told Highlander. Me there can only be one. Yeah, and so like they don't they don't even recognize that mistake when they were raising Himari because like at that point, um, I think the usage of the lip smacking noise is kind of like used to indicate like something <laughs> that's not it. necessarily <laughs> like like taught directly but it's something that's kind of learned and I'm, I'm assuming that their parenting style from himari and frill were kind of the exact same exactly yeah and so like i feel really bad for himari going into that episode because what they don't really show is that she's had another like 14 years of just the same parenting style that frill ends up going through which is why you get that really uncomfortable scene where she um makes a move on uraaka like one of her fatherly figures because she never yeah. met her mother and the whole time yeah. that she was kind of told, oh, her mother is, like, the ideal person, and we miss her, she's not there. And honestly, like, I took that scene as, like, she is trying to appeal to get as close to, like, this idealized version that she's been told her entire life. And so then when Uraaka actually, like, rejects her, that, like, is enough for her to um, drive herself to, to suicide. Because, like, that explanation... Um, like Gracie mentioned previously, it's like it kind of just underwrites the idea of like, no, Frail is not actually causing the suicides. It's it's Uraaka like thinking that there's some greater power out there and not recognizing um that in fact he's just a shitty dad. Exactly. Yeah, he's a he's yeah. a terrible dad who enforced impossible standards on girls just like how the rest of society does that in other ways. I think I think Gracie can take the rest of the explanation but that's, yeah, I, that's what i, I, I got find, out of that episode I, I found what i wrote which in short was like well you have to pay attention to how the show was presenting it and the fact that it was aka and uda aka um you know narrating that flashback it's from their point of view their flawed perspective yeah and they're and like so we didn't do anything wrong the the, the issue <laughs> it, you you can read it as the show as a whole saying something like oh suicide is caused by evil ai uh, but if you decide to take it as oh this is what akan uraka think and the show has already portrayed them 
as questionable villain types and probably not all-knowing. And so I think the uh, mis miscommunication that kind of happened with some people being upset at the show, thinking it uh, promoted this idea, was that, like, the show really presented that the idea that Thanatos or some external factor is driving, you know, these suicides is preposterous and wrong. And that's proposed by adult men who clearly don't realize how they cause the problem themselves. But unfortunately, as a viewer, due to how it's framed, it's easy to narrow in and read it as the show just saying that, yep, it's uh, this Thanatos external factor thing. Like, well, that is that's, a thing. that's. That's exactly what it is, is it is, it's not the show per se, but the, the issue is people can't, are, are having a difficult time separating the characters of Akka and Uraaka yeah. from the show's messaging as a whole. So Akka right. and Uraaka are telling you, yes, these suicides are caused by a third party or whatever, and people are taking that as truth, when in fact, they're both stupid and wrong, and they're the source of the problem. It's yep. like when, it, it's the like, we have investigated ourselves and found that yeah. nothing is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how that works. By the, the way, that like, the mm. message is a little less lost, or or I, I mean, a lot less lost with the Japanese, uh, with the Japanese community and Japanese-speaking people, because, um, because fathers do, in Japan, have a lot more control over their daughters than uh, fathers do here in the West and will often make comments about their daughter's beauty in a way that kind of, like, if you've seen people translate tweets before, that made you kind of be like, uh, are you sure they're allowed to say that? Creepy. You know, like, like these sort of things. And so... Yeah, it's 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 different than the like the doting yeah. dad stereotype. Sometimes it just yeah, gets like it's not creepy like the, when you translate it's not it the without comical, the context. Oh, my daughter's the most beautiful girl in the world. How dare you? You know, sort of thing. But actually, like being like, oh, her skin is just so perfect, and you're kind of like, I don't know how I feel about it's, that sort of comment. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 this this is more a Donald Trump comment, not a Maze Hughes oh. comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. You oh, nailed it there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Oh. Will our, will our non-Western uh, audience speakers understand All right. that? Yeah, For those of you that don't, don't understand, I don't remember who Maze Hughes is, but Donald Trump basically one time went on TV and said that if her, if his daughter wasn't his daughter, he'd want to marry her. Ma Maze Hughes is the most wonderful dad in all of anime ever from Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, Full Metal Alchemist. Sorry, you were... you were. I, yeah. Okay, I thought there was a real-life person because you compared him to, to Donald okay. Trump. Before we... It was literally in the context of best dad and worst dad. What okay, do you want from before me? we get... <laughs> worst dad, you could have been in the same show. You could have just said Show Tucker oh, versus Maze Hughes. We did not put a spoiler warning worse. for Full Metal Alchemist, and we have just dropped two names that you should not google if you haven't watched that show because of plot points. yes um, yes uh, i don't even think worse that is 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 i feel like it's an insult <laughs> but anyways yeah full Metalka's podcast coming I, soon I you. we saw the anime trending best dad poll get ready for anime trending's worst yeah, dad but anyway so what i was saying is <laughs> it's a little less lost with um with audience members in japan because right. it, this sort of like weird almost sexualizing your daughter your teenage daughter thing is is unfortunately a little more prevalent in japan than it is in the west and so 
I think that's why people in the Japanese audiences were able to get like grasp it quicker and be like, oh, it's it's not Frill's fault. It's Ura Aka's fault. You know, it's Ura Aka and Aka's fault. But mm -hmm. maybe it's a little harder mm -hmm. for us in the West because we don't actually have like in like in no shape or form. I feel like if we hear a you know a dad saying, "Oh, my daughter's skin is just so smooth," we react with, "Oh, you're so nice. You love your daughter." <laughs> you know, sort of thing. Like, and so, um, and so I think that might also have been a potential disconnect in regards to that, and like in regards to trying to tell the story, but. I will sort of end this, or I will end my discussion with Feral by hearkening a point that the anime news writer uh, reviewer made that, that I do really much agree with, which is in their review, they said that they also totally get what the story, what this episode is going for and what Uraaka and Aka represents, but does note the fact that mm -hmm. you know a lot of people in the community are not going to automatically be, be like you know what does Frill represent but they're going to see just Frill as an AI and take Ura Aka and Aka's words for it and so and they're like so potentially allowing people to essentially tie AI for the reason for these girls suicide and thus in a way because we don't have AI as advanced as that yet so nothing really to why girls commit suicide is just really really dangerous to do and so that's just what i want it's 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 potentially dangerous but at the same time as you mentioned it's the message was a lot more easily understood in japan and this is an anime it is a show made by japanese people for japanese people so you know what the fact that maybe, not to insult people, actually absolutely to insult people, the fact that some people are too dumb to understand the messaging in this big brain show is not the creator's fault. <laughs> I, I, re I really hope that my accordion background music is playing through this as he... <laughs> yeah, Medi, Medi's coming with us live from France right now. That would seem to be a lovely Yes, yep. yes. Um, Please tell us. Anyways. Um. The, the, the serious discussions. I, I do think a lot of this is the consequence of all that exposition being in one episode mm. and just the rushed production schedule. The writing's gonna suffer and so things can't yeah. be portrayed. The pace does well are portrayed as clearly for right. you to digest. Um... That said, when I think about the episode, the moment you see Aka and Ura Aka, either one or possibly both, literally drag and throw this child and lock her up in a freaking closet floor compartment thing, like, I think it just might kind of paint them as being Monsters. in the wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's never all that black and white. It's easy to see it, <laughs> as admittedly I did myself in the moment, you know, as like, oh, wow. This is a monster, and they are angry at this monster, but not monster, not reflecting yeah. on their own creation and raising of. They're, yeah, the they fact that they're the monster. ones that made the thing that did the killing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I mean, I again, this is the like as you mentioned, you would hope that maybe that scene where you see both of them throw what is who is essentially their daughter in the in the basement dungeon might paint them as maybe these characters are not good people. Yeah. But I, I guess that went over the heads of some folks. I think well, honestly, when like... I started that episode, I, I I was put in a sort of right, but sort of wrong mindset when they started with, we wanted to create the perfect... Yeah, the perfect daughter. Know, daughter, female, <laughs> yeah. who is 
mature, but still, like, it's like, you're an adult yet a child. We're gonna make her 14, and I was like, hold on, what? And my first thought was about fictional characters, basically. You know, the anime girls you may have seen here and there, and it's like, it didn't turn out to be about, you know, fictional, like, uh, the ideas or, like, characters so much as a real AI person they had in front of them. But I think it still represented the whole theme of young women, children. Let's use the actual uh, words, you know, not young or underage women, but girls, children, them being treated as adults and expected to be adults. And I think that was specifically what probably drove Himari to taking her own life, was that she was told by Uraaka, stop trying to act mature, stop trying to act like an adult. And she's probably like, well, what the hell? I'm always supposed to, so which is it? I think that um, that unfortunate expectation can exist. Mm-hmm. I, I guess on one last... I, I guess, like, one <laughs> last thing I think that makes it clear is, like, I feel like episode 13 is... needs to eviscerate Aka and mm-hmm. Aka for what they've done and I think even like one of the earlier signs in the show um, was when they actually casually explained the cause of yes, suicide in yes. girls and boys were different. That upset and, like, me. Yeah. I fundamentally disagreed with my explanation where girls commit suicide out of emotion oh, yeah. whereas boys and commit boys suicide out of, out of logic. <laughs> and like that was actually another confusion I had where I was like uh, director uh did did you actually mean to say that? Uh, which yeah, is, I, mean, I guess, I, with that issue of like, oh, is he putting, are they putting their own ethos on it? Or is it just the unreliable characters yeah. saying it? And I think at the time, and I think today, right now, we still mostly are thinking that that's, we're taking that explanation at face value. Um, so, I don't know, episode 13 is going to come out in, like, three months, so maybe we have enough time to, like, influence Oof. it before it comes out, because there's a lot, in case it wasn't obvious, there's a yeah. lot of plot threads mm-hmm. that cannot get resolved in, like, 20 minutes, because, like, half of them don't even matter. Like, I think, I've, I feel bad, but, like, I'm like, Nair's whole arc is just gone. Uh, yeah. At this point, I don't even think the Koito thing even matters, because episode 12 was more about, I, like, trying to... I think I actually so if I'm I'm going to make a quick comment on it I yeah I would have really really liked to see what happened to Koido and I think a lot of people would but I think what the uh, the writer is trying to go for is that ultimately what led a person to committing suicide shouldn't consume you and you need to learn to move on because sometimes you won't ever actually know what led them there and you have to accept oh what do you mean sometimes i think yes and and you just have to you can you can think about it you can stress about it you can you know imagine ways that maybe it wouldn't have happened if you just said this or did that and stuff and it just consumes you but sometimes there's just no answer and you have to be able to accept that and not put your life on pause and searching for that answer so i do get why or I, at least I think that's where they're going with Koito especially when Rika had made a comment before being like now that I think about it it's not like you know they decided to commit suicide it wasn't it's not us who 
like if any if anyone is most responsible for contributing, it would be me. And even me, when I said it, I did not say it with the intention of her dying for sure. And so, um, and yeah. so I think that's what the series is going for with Koito is that you know we might never really actually know, and we have to accept it because these things happen, and you can't put your life on pause because of it. And so, um, but is it? I mean, you can see I taking steps towards that. I think at like the end of episode seven or something when she decides yeah, to start going to school. Again. Is it? Yeah. It kind yeah. of is frustrating because we want to know so badly, but I mean, like I said, I think that's the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's teaching us to be okay with not knowing in a way. Um, mm -hmm. Which, oh boy, there's so many ways I can... So many things to touch on. It's very um, convenient um, that maybe they had to drop <laughs> it. You know? It's like, oh, maybe they, maybe they had an explanation. Like... Okay, rapid fire ideas here. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Rapid fire mode. Let's go. <laughs> Episode twelve. Um, I mentioned she's like, I'm not sure if I even want to know or need to know anymore. You know what happened with Koito, and then I thought, okay, what the heck was with the ending of Episode ten? Which is like Sawaki Sensei. Why did uh, Koito kill herself? And then what happened the, to the Koito? Episode ends, and then we nothing. <laughs> didn't say anything about that. The next two episodes, which is frustrating. And kind of embodies the thing with the last few episodes of the show just all having disconnected plot threads and not resolving each other. But now that I think about it, it could be that Sawaki probably didn't know. Because again, the, the Sawaki in episode 12 was manifested from Ai's fears, not the actual Sawaki. In the parallel yeah. world. Parallel in world, I, the way, my, I, I hate I, the parallel yeah. world thing. I'll fight Gracie <laughs> on the whole test tube baby thing, <laughs> but I'm totally on board with that whole parallel world. We Steins Gate now, <laughs> BS. I, I, want, I want to keep firing positives. <laughs> hot, hot, hot I, take. I, I love how the show, for the entire time, creeped us out with Sawaki Sensei and made him appear to be a creep and probably a villain. But I realized, like, by the time it was becoming clear, it wasn't like, oh, this is from yeah. perspective. It's all of her fears and suspicions that he is scary and intimidating to her for all these reasons. But he might actually just be a normal dude. And then it's like, oh, the show portrayed him that made us feel like we can't trust him. But that's just us uh, being put... Seeing the world through eyes, <laughs> eyes. Yeah, from her perspective with all that anxiety. Eyes, eyes, haha. Different and again, at the end of episode 12, one of her eyes goes missing. She has two different color eyes. What could that mean? We yeah, will there, see. There's some big brain Just stuff. There's a lot of big brain stuff. About how, even with another episode, how they're going to tie all the loose threads together. Because like uh, James said, they did introduce or they did lean in more hard on the alternate universes because it was first briefly mentioned in a way that could have very easily be been hand waved away especially because of how the girl as the ramblings of a of the yeah ramblings as the of ramblings a of a dead girl who's also very eccentric mm -hmm. and has a lot of scientific theories and stuff like that a, a dead but not dead. <laughs> but yeah. in, in between, between yes of. but then um but then in but then by leaning into it, I'm just like, okay, so they need to, they definitely need to address Aka Uruaka and in, a, and in that extension, Frill, you know, without question. We still have to round out Nehru's arc, also the other girls' arcs who are now very traumatized slash angry because of what happened. And yeah. then it's like, 
And then we <laughs> now we have to like grapple with, you know, alternate universes. <laughs> like, you know, it's like I don't even I don't know how this last episode is gonna tie all of that together. If they can even manage to do so. So <laughs> even like episode twelve I, I kind think... of felt like a rewrite though, because like the like reintroducing like I literally like saving herself almost feels like they rewrote it because like other episodes they had other girls saving like like a character that was very similar to them and so now it's like oh we have this parallel idea yeah. world thing go like well, do this like, yeah. like i don't i don't know part if that was me, in the first draft and i'd be very surprised if it was part of me hopes that the parallel world thing exists purely for episode 12's i saves i and then that's oh, just yeah. where they leave it and so like <laughs> They they needed they, they so. set it up they set it up a couple yeah. episodes prior so that but, in episode twelve it so doesn't like, seem like it came out. But of the then blue. why? But does, like they <laughs> episode nine still doesn't sit right with me. Like why does Kotobuki exist in this story? It's still, honestly like my my yeah. my not so hot take because I, I don't think it's a hot take. She's one of the worst characters ever introduced into a show like since five from uh, Sailor um, in Tokyo that, like, completely brings down a show with the inclusion. Nick, uh, Nick has a thing against albinos in anime. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just saying, write the albinos better, I guess. Like... Okay, so want to hear my want to hear my really cursed like episode thirteen that I don't want to happen. So I'm gonna describe what's like. Okay, absolutely. It's so much. It's, all it's, right, everyone, get ready for Nick's vision yep. of the Parallel future. World. This is exactly what's gonna happen. None of the girls can take on Frill one on one in a fight. They're too weak. But because of Parallel Worlds, they can have oh, like gosh. a thousand oh, no. like eyes <laughs> or Rikos God, stop, and stuff stop. with like a thousand Manians just copy pasted to just take them all out. Like I think you could totally oh, do that. No. Be like, and then they're all gonna be the literal warriors of Eros across all space and time. I'm also, Koito oh, wasn't real the whole time because of the fact that. Uh, I is in the is in the painting the whole time, and she just made it up. And in other parallel universes, she kills herself because she didn't have Koito, obviously. So Koito wasn't real. Honestly, the the Koito isn't real. I would normally dismiss out of hand, but Nick, you and I both watch School Live, and literally the entire plot of like the first twelve episodes of that anime was yeah. The other three girls are just going along with the fourth one's delusion, just so I that she doesn't break. But that only really? took no like, other character. For, has first of all, Koito, uh, like, spoiler warning <laughs> was just like do something about spoiler what I came out five if, years if ago. If I'm somehow right, yeah. And then also, I'll put my my CV if you need more writing tips for the future of like, and we can you can hire me and we can make that together that, oh that would be I so horny if they, they did take that take their time I, I just want them to take their time with the finale make, make it an hour long if you need there just, is rumors I hope they can like, there are rumors that the hour. last episode is going to be longer so and it will kind of have to yeah. be to deal with any of the, just the million plot threads we have and yeah, I hope it. I hope it stays. I mean, sticks the landing. Yeah, it, but yes, I do. Yeah, hope it sticks my, the landing. I I don't even know what I was going to I say think, because I dare not. I want this show to end well because I've enjoyed it so far, and I want it to end well mm. so that I can recommend it to yeah. other people. It's 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 yeah. very hard to it's very hard to recommend shows to people. Uh, when it starts off strong and then kind of face plans, yeah. you can you can get away with recommending shows that <laughs> yeah. have a slow start. But when it starts out great and then and then just like wham, face down in the mud, uh, that's a lot harder. See, to this do. this it's is all why... true. 
um, when you're watching something completed after it's aired, the opposite holds true during a season where something starts slow. You're like, yeah, don't bother with this. <laughs> but Wonder Egg, it's like, this is hype, get on it. And then by the time it ends, you're like, sorry, I didn't know where it was going. <laughs> I just, um, the thing <laughs> yep. is, I, the last episode is so ridiculously important. There's a very psychological reason for this as well, which I'm not going to dive into because that's actual research. But, um, but it, but essentially i think if i i still have a lot of hope and faith and i you know i want to bless the team you know because of all the work they've put into and also all the stuff they've risked to essentially bring this anime to the table for us to see in the first place so if that last episode truly truly like manages to tie the strings in a way that I feel very satisfied and hopefully even emotional in a good way, I will probably very likely stop griping or I mean, I'm not even probably very likely. I will stop griping about like Nehru and sort of the, uh, the sci-fi elements because usually when an ending hit, when an ending lands very well, even the more sort of questionable writing choices taken earlier, you sort of forget about it. Because you remember the ending so well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm hmm. Exactly. Uh, you have a high bar to clear. I'm just like, I don't want it to be a bad ending. You're like, if it's a good ending <laughs> that makes me emotional and, like, is good, and I'm like, I. And meanwhile, I'm over here, like, if it doesn't completely screw up, I'll be happy. <laughs> Same. The, the problem love, is, I'm, I'm it's on your got boat, a lot James. of catch up work to do. There is a lot. The last thing I would note, it's kind of like us watching it's our favorite Olympiad or whatever. He's doing the role. He or she's doing the role, and if she makes the landing, they get oh. gold. And if he doesn't, he doesn't get any medals. Like it's that weird suspense now that we're waiting for three months now. And yeah, June 29th, we will wait for that. And um, that is a good slot too, because for those of you who do follow anime trending closely, July 1st or July 2nd, that's the start of the summer 2021 anime wow. season. So June 29th timing fits kind of perfectly. And being able to slot something where an anime has ended. So that does give me some hope that it is maybe more than the usual 23 minutes of anime yeah. that we get. I'm, so I'm hoping they have cross. more time. The parallel world I wish I existed in was where Wonder Egg had a full two cores <laughs> and like 24 episodes. <laughs> so it just ran until that day. And maybe anyway. two, two episodes. Yeah. Had time to one Or, day, or even if they only had 12 episodes that they had more flexibility in choosing their air date. Yeah. And, and also that COVID didn't happen because that absolutely influenced the production schedule. Yes. Kevin, yeah. cause Kevin said that really, if they were allowed, cause based on his tweets, it seemed like when wonder egg priority was starting to air, the team already knew they were in a bad spot. And so if they had the choice, if they had the choice slash ability to push it back, several seasons or maybe even a year for all we know that it probably would have not ended in the way that we've seen pictures for but because they do not have that flexibility or ability to do so this is how they ended up in this spot in the first place so it's like yeah alternate universe even if it's 12 episodes if they were able to sort of get that delay that so they got the time they need to really really just finish it the way they wanted to without any sort of that that extreme extreme time constraints in the back of their mind um that would have been amazing <laughs> one day well we'll find out yeah and we we literally have no choice we but will. to sit and wait for three months to see how it ends up 
And then you'll hear our thoughts. We'll see then if we do a podcast episode recap or just touching on that. So we'll, we'll have see. another hour and a half long <laughs> podcast about the whole show. There'll be a and lot then, to talk about. And I'll get to talk about how much I like Rika. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yay. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk about the characters, but don't worry. Um, that is the beauty with here at Anime Trending. The podcast is just one avenue of us to share our thoughts about One Drive Priority. And who knows, in the future, there might be some reviews, editorials, or other things they can keep an eye out in terms of that show. Yeah, and uh, let us know what you think about Wonder Egg Priority so far. We've got a comment section on the Podbean thing. We've got Twitter. we got Facebook. We'd love to hear what you think. We'd love it even more if you told us what you think and then gave us a dollar. We've got a Patreon <laughs> over at uh, anime or patreon.com slash antitrends. Uh, anything else that I forget? Give us money. Follow us on social media. and Put uh, us on blast. We're ready. Yeah, make that, fun of us. It helps a lot. Yeah, make make fun of us too. Make fun of us for being thirty minutes in and not even mentioning the fact that this what the heck what <laughs> <Yeah. are> <laughs> and submit your complaints. Now we'll start talking about trends. Wonder Egg Priority. Our story <laughs> begins with episode nine wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows? But anyways, thank you very much. Thank you again to everyone. Um, it's been a while for me on this pod uh, to come back to a podcast, so this was a joy as well. And thank you again to the listeners. Um. There are a lot of you out there. We, we see the statistics and it always blows me away that there's so many of you that listen to this podcast and it's, it's, it's mind boggling. So I can't wait to do more episodes and talk about eggs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and if you, anyways, if you want to, if you want us to talk about a subject, you should totally let us know. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. We would love to, we, we, we exist to, to serve your entertainment needs, but we're not mind readers. So, uh, if you want something, you gotta let us know. And again, we'd really appreciate it if you let us know by writing it on the back of a two dollar bill and mailing it to us. <laughs> Nonetheless, thank you very much. Uh, I'm your host, New- uh, Quok, and uh, me, James. Uh, I've been Meddy. Uh, episode ten was really good, by the way. I forgot to mention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gracie. I'm Nico, and you are correct, Meddy. Indeed, episode ten was. I know good. a few of you are signing off. Be like, why didn't you mention that episode? So that's for you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, well, the the second Wonder Egg Priority podcast will be us talking about things that aren't themes and stories. It'll just be us talking about like we liked this. We like this. It'll and also be the. It'll also be that. me defending Nadu as a character from Gracie and Nick for twenty five minutes. Honestly, I, I do that in our DMs I, already. Rest assured. At this point, I feel like all of my ire isn't even like towards a fictional person, but more like literally the production company at this point because I don't worry. Oh my we'll, gosh, we will I, have I lots have to talk so about. But anyways, things. yeah. <laughs> the podcast and now will for the third time. Right, we're bye trying guys. to sign off. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Goodbye. Bye. I think that went well. Okay, well...